You're listening to Cards to the Moon, a podcast about trading cards from both a collector and investor perspective. We hope you'll stick around for the ride as we take a deep dive into the state of the hobby, share some hot takes, hopefully some useful advice and fun stories along the way. Hey guys, welcome back to Cards to the Moon. This is episode 62. My name is Clark from Five Card Guys, co-hosting with Hyung of Integrity Sports Cards. And John, who is usually here with us, couldn't make it today, but not to worry. In his place for this episode, we are welcoming back, by popular demand, our good friend Will. Glad to have you back, Will. Hi guys, welcome. I mean, I'm glad to be back. I'm so nervous that I said welcome. <laughs> ever since, ever since the first, the first time I was on the show, uh-huh. till now, like I was like your first guest or guest host, and you then were. after that, you had like, you had like Costa Cards, you had Scotty B, you had like <laughs> monsters in the hobby. Okay, all right. <laughs> Uh, actually off the top i wanted to throw things to you will about your experience at the recent sports card expo in toronto i know you were on a mission and you got some trades done so do you mind sharing what you got out of the local card show you know what you thought about it in general and uh and afterwards what plays you made at uh, at the sport card expo yeah i'd love to share um it was my first time at the expo I think in December, there was a smaller trade show that I found set up a booth at and I just came by and I was only there for like an hour and I didn't bring any cards to that show, but this one I knew it was going to be big. So I wanted to bring a bunch of cards. I wanted to make a bunch of moves. Um, and I did like, I moved a bunch of my low end base garbage that Hyung was telling me from the start <laughs> when I started collecting, like, don't, don't buy those. And I was like, no, no, it's good value. I can, I can make money on these. So just to summarize, I, low end, I got rid of uh, four or seven Bichette paper. Nice. Four chromes, a pink refractor. Um, I got rid of four Tatis papers, a chrome Tatis, an SGC 10 pink Tatis. I got rid of Lewis Robert chromes, an Acuna paper, US 250. Right. Highlight was I got rid of uh, Keston Hura chrome prospect. <laughs> I think I valued it. Who, who, like. who, was, who was taking those? Uh, you know what a really, a really good contact that yeah. I've made in this industry and I'm not going to put their name out there, but uh, they were kind enough to take that off my head. Oh, man. You might have to share that contact info in the in the private chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got some stuff. Yeah, exactly. I got uh, of those, but I was also able to – I also traded away some nicer stuff. Like I, have a, I had a PSA 9 Vladdy Kaboom, mm. and I was happy to trade out of that because – I actually have a Vladdy Kaboom SGC 10, Vladdy Kaboom PSA 10, and a Vladdy Jeez. Kaboom uh, uh, BGS 9.5. Wow. And so, Who needs the PSA 9? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the Vladdy Mystery Rookie Auto PSA 9. And I love that card, but I think I want to trade up to a 10 at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, a second year Gold Cup super short print of uh, Vladi where he's kind of holding the baseball bat in his hand. Yeah. And then I traded away the uh, Mike Trout auto card that uh, we that I ripped when we were all over at Hyung's house and having a group break. Oh, right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So I traded cool. all in all 31 cards for a combination of cards and cash. Holy. Yeah. Just well a couple of the cards that I, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a lot of work. It was a hustle <laughs> and a half. Yeah. Um, but the key cards that I got back were a Jazz Chisholm Stadium Club rookie auto. And mm-hmm. it's an orange foil out of five. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. I didn't know you picked that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, the guy who was at the booth, um, he bought it a while ago. He, he just he couldn't sell it for anything. So he gave me a good deal. He gave it to me at kind of near what he bought it for. Right. Um, an Otani photo variation rookie card, 
um, an Acuna Purple Chrome Rookie Auto. And uh, the thing that I'm happiest about is I was able to get a Lewis Robert Independence Day Parallel out of 76 PSA 9. Sweet. I feel like, yeah, I feel like if he ever gets, I don't know, just if he starts doing what he's supposed to be doing on the field and gets more hobby love, that card's going to just shoot up. So, mm-hmm. so those t- are pretty much, huh? No, I'm telling you, like when, when I was there, like, and, you know, I seen the rush kind of come in and there was Will just on a mission, just going yeah. down the aisles, you know, fast paced. Like he was, he was getting after oh it. <laughs> Initially, my wife only let me go on the Friday. So that Friday that I was there, I was hustling. I, I walked through every aisle, saw every booth targeted the cards that i wanted and just made sure like yeah made sure that like i knew where everything was and i knew which cards i wanted to get and all that kind of stuff and, and then uh, my wife was generous enough to let me come on the sunday <laughs> and actually the sunday's where i made most of the trades so oh nice oh so, um but yeah it was uh, the one takeaway that i have is uh, a fear I had a lot of fear going into the show. And I think a lot of first time like noobs, they get, they have a lot of fear. Like I had a lot of irrational thoughts. Like what if I get ripped off? What if I get mocked for my cards? Like they're like, Oh, those are your cards. (laughs) (laughs) Even just like, even just like the fear of rejection, like uh, just getting over that. And then like, yeah, I was like nervous to approach people and tables, but once I made my first trade, it was like, oh, it was addicting. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I popped that trade chair and I just couldn't get enough. I <laughs> um, but yeah, so no, you yeah, seem like a, a you seem like a natural man. Like I've I've followed you to a couple of tables and Will is like a pro. Like I just yeah, followed his lead, sure. kind I, of. And, and then, I, yeah. I think that's that's just in in general, like. Will I I know Will he's a sales guy at the end of the day right so it's like he knows he knows how to wheel and deal and it, it you know it helps in it helps in the in the hobby right and you see like a lot of uh, younger kids too I love it when you know you know the the dad and son you know teaching them the ways and they're they're, they're trading up and learning all these you know business skills really you know into selling right so. I, I enjoyed the card show for that, just seeing, you know, people hustling and making deals like Will. Like, that's that's a big day. That's a big weekend for, for Will and for his first time. You know, that's uh, – you went to work. Kudos to you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the one in November. I think uh, now that I got one under my belt, I think the next ones will be a lot more fun. I think you could, like, move into higher cards, right? You got rid of most of your base and all the pink refractors and – and now that you have, um, uh, you know, a decent collection, you could even trade up from those. So that's that's always a cool thing. Yeah, yeah. I was definitely, by the end of it, I was targeting some bigger cards, like so, like a Curry Refractor rookie, and cool. like stuff that I have no business getting right now. <laughs> but I was just like, if I could somehow trade some of this. But yeah. Yeah. So. One step at a time, for sure. Yeah, yeah. You know what I found challenging before we go on to our next segment? Like... Because there's so many hockey cards, we were limited in who we can trade with in terms of baseball and basketball. Right. Did you find that as well? Yeah, yeah. Actually, it, I like. I'm not interested in hockey at all. Like when I was a kid, I collected hockey cards, mm-hmm. but now it's like I don't. There was just so much hockey, and just <laughs> it actually kind of helped though. Because one of the pieces of advice that I think you guys gave me was like target a booth or a vendor that has like one baseball card amongst his many hockey cards because most likely he does not value that baseball card at all right and there was one booth that was like that and i was just able to get a pretty good deal because the guy could care less about that one baseball card so sure i was able to trade into that one yeah yeah i also remember too much hockey too much (laughs) And then when you find that one booth that has baseball, like I remember Will says like, hey, did you go to that one booth? I'm like, no, I didn't. Where is it? And then, you know, we just <laughs> congregate there and try to make deals. Well, I, just, booth. I just love, I just love that the four of us that were at the show, like us three plus one, at the very end of the show, we all end up at that one booth watching <laughs> 
this monster trade with the Gatorade bath and the soda refractor. Yeah. And I was just like, which we talked I about. Remember, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys talked about it. And I just remember like, like just standing next to John and Young and being like, I was a part of this. <laughs> <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. I was like, yeah, like I felt like this high just from watching the trade go down. So. Yeah, that was a big, that was a, that was a big, like, kind of, like, spontaneous trade, right? Yeah, so, yeah. The best yeah. kind of trades. They're the best kind of trades, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right, thanks for sharing, Well, Yeah, I'm sure we can't all wait until the next show in November at the Sports Card Expo in November. So, uh, yeah, we'll have you back on then for sure, if not sooner. <laughs> all right, let's move on to our next segment we call Hobby Headlines. So one of the things we've been saying over the past few episodes is that in this bear market, which doesn't seem to have an end in sight, investing in cards can be a risky proposition, although there's good opportunities out there. But we also said maybe it's a good time now to focus more on the collecting side of things where it's not just about the flip. More specifically, I wanted to talk about the art of set collecting. And by set collecting, I'm not just talking about you know, collecting the entire checklist of a certain sports card set. But it could also be trying to complete a subset or, you know, those insert sets, maybe different short prints of a certain player from a set. Or as Will can share in a second, it could be all the parallels of a specific player from a particular set, chasing the rainbow, so to speak, right? So, so Will, um, again, you want to kick this segment off by sharing who you're collecting now, we already we already know, but for the listeners out there, and why you decided to go after this one player from this one set. Yeah, I gotta I gotta start off by apologizing to you guys because in our group chat, all the purchases that we make as a group kind of all come funneled through that one group chat, and you're just seeing like thirty cards of like <laughs> right. like one dollar value cards just coming through, and it's just wasting yeah. all your time. Um, but yeah, I love set collecting. I think a lot of my recent purchases have been geared towards that. Mm-hmm. And it gets back to like the joy of collecting cards as a kid. And I realized like, like the making money part, it's, it's nice. It's fun. It, it's always nice to make money off your hobby, but like, it's too much of a grind if it's just about making money. So I've been focusing mm-hmm. more on just collecting things that I love. And that, uh, it goes back to what you guys say every episode, just collect what you love. Oh, yeah. So my big collection or my big uh, set collection is uh, Kenjin Ryu's 2020 Top Series 2 Rainbow. And yeah. so uh, mm. what that is, is it's, it's his first card with him in a Blue Jays jersey. Yeah. And, um, you know, him coming to the Blue Jays in 2020 was a dream because he's the best Korean player to have ever played in the MLB. And he's come to our hometown team, the Jays. And so I was like really excited to collect that. I saw the Platinum one of one available on eBay and I bought that and I was like, okay, I guess I got to get every <laughs> parallel. <laughs> which I did and every oh, wow. like every rainbow foil I even collected the base just the just the regular base right. version so I've got almost every card of that that like um that image mm-hmm. I'm just missing one and I'm hesitating sharing because I feel like somebody's going to take it and feel like, <laughs> if you want it a thousand dollars but uh, maybe maybe someone listening can help me out but it's the uh, out of 10 clear hobby uh, like hobby what's it, called? Yeah. it only comes out in the hobby box right so I've been looking acetate. for that one yeah, yeah the clear acetate so if it ever shows up it's never shown up on eBay but if it does, I'm gonna swoop it up, or one of your listeners will. Yeah, scoop we got we gotta find, we gotta help. We'll get that card somehow through five card guys marketing. Clark, you know you have more reach there. You know, I'll try to do my best. But you know, the hobby's full, you know full of good people. So yeah, hopefully. I mean, it's like it's honestly like probably a five dollar card. So I don't want to put a bounty on it. Like, <laughs> hey, I'll give you. $3.50. That's when you put the percentage. <laughs> Give him a clean 15%. <laughs> so, 
So yeah, that's the big one that I've been collecting. But there's there's a lot of other ones. But yeah. I'll I'll leave it at just that Ryu, the no, 2020 is, series too. That's pretty impressive. So just that one card, and then once you get that, you're done. You that you completed that set. I mean, technically, there's like a super fractor right, right, of right. the sapphire, but yeah, you did paper. That's like a paper rainbow, right? Are you doing chrome too? Um, I don't think it had chrome. In twenty, I don't know why. I, yeah, I don't maybe think he, it had he wasn't chrome. in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know series one, he had his LA Dodgers um, card, and then series two, right? They put the Jays ones. I say you go for the sapphire. The sapphire. I mean, if it ever. Well, yeah. I have the. Why not? I have the the base and the red out of five. So it's the one of ones and right. the. I don't know how to say it. It's like pod paracha or whatever. Like there's a super factor <laughs> and then there's yeah the, yeah yeah. The I think that's a one. that's like a mega boxer, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, mega box one will ever show up. Yeah. 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 Be I'll difficult. be happy with my out of ten clear if I can ever find it. <laughs> so yeah, for all our listeners, if you see one, yeah, just let us know. We'll uh, hook you up with Will, and then get that deal done. Young, have you targeted a certain player like that, or try to you know complete a set yourself? You know what, I I do appreciate like uh, set building. I I recently seen um someone sell um like it was all top gold PSA tens. I don't know if you guys seen it. It was in a Facebook group, but all the top. It was like Acuna, Tatis, Soto, oh, wow. Otani, Austin Riley. List goes on, but it wasn't all the big dollar players either. It was like solid, just tops gold, and it the as a set, it looked like it wasn't even set. It's just random rookies, but in tops gold PSA ten, right? right. So uh, when I seen it as a whole, I think there's there's a lot of value to that too that's an enormous amounts of like time and energy spent on you know hauling that uh yeah. financially and even like uh you know having to look for it and pull the trigger when nobody's wanting you know uh to maximize on that dollar right so yeah i mean like stuff like that i really appreciate like i think i mentioned on the previous episode like the luca silvers uh somebody was doing uh year after year so mm, they, they right, had the right. silver silver psa 10 in 2018 the prism and then 2019 second year prism silver psa 10 2021 silver and the list goes on right so um it's relatively affordable so it's not like you know you have to you know pull out loans and stuff to do this like mm-hmm. i think it's it's something that we touch upon all the time about you know um you know buying what you love or collecting what you love right so stuff like that ends up uh becoming kind of you know eye candy almost right when you see kind of like a, a set you know i i i did it a bit like i love the independence day parallel and one of my yeah. goals is to own like because independence day is relatively new uh, in 2018, I believe was the first year, and it was the the probably the best year. But uh, you know, doing like independence on on the top like uh, guys like Soto, you know, Otani and Acuna, mm-hmm. right? And then you add Tatis to the mix, like stuff yeah. like that. Where uh, in the long run, I think you know, if you have those monsters all together, like that's a that's a pretty cool, uh, incredible, yeah. yeah, yeah, just incredible, like long term, right? So. Oh, I- I always love that, like, my collecting is, like, the $10 card, and Chung's <laughs> collecting is, like, the $10,000 card. So, Something to aspire to, you know? Like, uh, yeah. Well, for me, it's, like, the the least amount of transactions, and you, you do longer cycles, right? So it's, like, i rather not work, you know, and just do lower transactions. Uh, that's the reason, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's um no, that would be impressive if you could pull that off. And I think you know with set collecting, it's it's part of the, like the journey is the fun, right? Like going after it, and then you know, um, especially when there's one or two that you're missing, and you're always looking out for it, and then you know that that rush you get when you find one. So that's why I like about set collecting. Yeah, I've haven't done it myself recently, except for the home field advantage that I've been talking about in the uh, past couple of episodes. And, um, because before that I was just more getting back into investing, you know, trying to do the flip. But once I started with the home field advantage, you know, I thought that it just, 
look cool. Like that's one of the reasons, um, actually I was going to ask you guys, like what factors you guys consider before trying to go out and complete a set. And I think one of them has to be like visual appeal, right? Like you're talking about independence right. day young, that looks cool on its own, but as a set, would it look even right. cooler? Uh, chasing the rainbow, always the fun thing to do, right? Like what Will's doing. And um, with the home field advantage, I just like the look, you know, like it's a ripoff of the Panini downtown, but I don't care. You know, it's like, it's, <laughs> and it's, um, you know, another thing is that it's, it was doable It's a checklist of 10. So I know right. I could try to complete it. And, and uh, you know, of course the projected cost to complete a set is also a factor. Um, so uh, I actually just completed that and will, um, uh, donated his Bryce Harper home field advantage to me to help me oh, complete nice. that set. So I appreciate that, Will. Um, the well, only thing I've, is, go ahead. Yeah. No, it's just like I, I messaged you and I was like, man, I've I've honestly learned so much from the podcast and just so much from like talking cards, like in our group chat and stuff like that. I feel like I owe you and Young and John yeah. <laughs> so much more. So I was like, you can have that Bryce Harper. Like I was just happy to pull it. Like I was just ripping garbage top series one blister pack that's a big pull it is it yeah. is yeah but then the luster dropped almost immediately and i was like i don't i don't even want this so, <laughs> I, was glad, I was glad i could help you complete your set nice appreciate it. yeah appreciate it the funny thing is like now with top series two they came up with another uh, set of home field advantage right so i don't know if i'm happy about it or sad about it like oh man i gotta i gotta I go do this for one? it the wander looks good. Man. The wander looks good. I wander think that's going to nice, be a, good, yeah. uh, a nice long-term card too. I'm not going to make the same mistake though of going after it right away like I did with this right. one. You know, with the Vladdy where I paid right. 150 bucks and now it's like 40 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Aaron Judge, which is like I paid 100 bucks for that and now it's like 40 bucks too. So I think the last time I checked, the Wander Franco was like over 200 for one. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's sure going to go down. Yeah, I'm just going to wait, yeah. wait it out a little bit. And then, um, and then I'll attack with, <laughs> and then uh, along with um, all of uh, Will's ten dollar cards, he'll you got you guys will see my home field advantage, <laughs> twenty thirty dollar <laughs> cards, uh, in the in the mail. But um, yeah, that will be my next set, I guess, uh, going after the series two home field advantage subset. Uh, anything else you guys think about when you know when you think about completing a set other than visual appeal, um, projected cost, anything? off the top of your head well just i i just say just don't try to rip and achieve that you know <laughs> like i know set collecting is you know like you know back in the day when we you know set collect checklists like you know you're you're ripping to complete sets and people still do that and people come back to the hobby and they actually start with that right. they build like a, a set of top but then it it just makes no sense in terms of like financially. You're just literally getting crushed, right? So and you'll get um, like doubles, triples, quadruples. <laughs> yeah, of, you, of other. You could probably build like refractor sets. Uh, in, you know what I mean? Confess. I have to confess something. That, I, that's exactly what you did, right? <laughs> so because I couldn't find this out of ten clear view. <laughs> And it was 2020 series two. That's uh, Lewis Roberts' uh, release. Mm-hmm. I bought, th- I think I've bought three hobby boxes, thinking somehow magically the clear <laughs> out of ten would be in one of those three hobby boxes. I didn't even get an auto out of those three. You know, oh, like, you, always, relic, yeah. like, you always get the relics. I always get the relics. That's brutal. So brutal. That's how desperate. That's how desperate I was getting to get this out of ten clear. Oh geez, that's definitely the worst way. That's definitely the worst. Yeah, you definitely don't want to rip. Try, yeah. (laughs) Just buy singles is what I'm saying. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. you get started by buying a couple boxes, you know, and then and then you know if you see a set that you want to complete, yeah, for sure, target them specifically on eBay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all good advice. Hope we inspired some collectors out there to try to complete a set of their own for fun, especially. With this bear market, you know, like investing and flipping is a lot more difficult to do. So might as well really go back to the basics and collect what you love. It's what we always say. All right, let's move on to our next segment. We're calling Dead Wrong. We actually did this before and we haven't done it in a while, but we want to, you know, hold ourselves accountable. So in this section, it's about any plays we made that didn't turn out so great for us. You know, like... Are there any cards you sold 
at a big loss or you're still holding the bags on. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of cards we invested in that are now a fraction of the cost because of this bear market we're in. Um, but yeah, I could start for this section. And this is kind of, I think this is kind of out of my control, but I ripped open a 2021, I think it's 2021, Topps Chrome Baseball set with you guys actually. Um, right. And uh, I hit that base, Lewis Robert. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of us hit that base, Lewis Robert. So this is when the hobby was still hot, the economy was doing well, and base carts had some value. And I decided to get it graded, submitted it to PSA, finally got it back over a year later, and I sold it at the Sport Card Expo for $30 Canadian, right? So I got <laughs> I got back the cost of grading at least. But yeah, I was dead wrong about, you know what? I was dead wrong about getting pretty much all my base cards graded, as it turns out. You know, who could have who could have known? Um, I got one more, but yeah, I'll throw it to you guys. You guys have one to share yourself? Um, for me, uh, basketball just absolutely demolished me, uh, just in general, like guys like Trey Young, like, I don't know, like, <laughs> you know, there's some cards that I'm like, Trey Young's so good and his cards are less worth nothing. Right. So, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff like his courtside base, I know it's base, but it's still low pop and it's out of the 2018, you know, um, select uh set which had luca lucas courtside and at the time lucas courtside was astronomical right so you would you would see the potential in that card um and then it it was it was that story of you know how low can it go right like there's support (laughs) here and then it it breaks up it just keeps on going right so i mean i i've sold that a loss um just Mm -hmm. to kind of recycle money but i've also been buying even cheaper than i sold right so it's like i'm as i as i keep on you know selling i'm i'm buying though right like uh i'm buying back on a cheaper price because there's a point in time where you know i'm like this is there's it's too low the price is too low and there's not enough supply out there so i'll load up on you know stuff like that where it's lower pop and you know i think cards that have legs right so but yeah, I would say Trey Young and basketball in general, even Luca. Uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, a lot of us we we're bullish on Luca this year, and you know his cards just kind of you know fell back to reality. And you know we this this was the longest we've seen Luca. Like Luca's card always been hot, even before the hobby, right? So this is the first time ever we're seeing Luca cards at a price where it's like actually you know, reasonable, right? It's actually, you know, in play now, right? So, uh, yeah, basketball in general, I think, uh, was, was, was tough this year for me. Yeah. You're not alone. I, I wonder how many episodes we recorded in the past saying Trey Young, man, you got to buy. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. Um, yeah. It's well, hopefully when the season starts, I don't know. I if still it- think he's a buy. <laughs> let's add this episode to the list <laughs> dead wrong dead dead wrong next time yeah yeah i'm with you well i mean like i i don't collect basketball like luckily for me the barrier of entry or the cost of entry into basketball at the start was so high that i just couldn't True. i couldn't wrap my head around like why is a kobe white rookie card like yeah. 10 times more expensive than a Vladdy rookie card. Like it made no sense to me. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't get into basketball because the price point was too high. But I, I, I don't understand. Like Trey Young is such like, he is so talented and he's talented. leading that team. And just like, how is he not a buy? So I, I don't know. I, I don't play in the basketball market. So, so yeah. I don't know. You, you yeah. dodged a bullet. <laughs> I did. I did. Except I bought like two deer and fox rookie <laughs> cards, thinking like, and that's that's actually one of my dead wrong things. Like thinking that I would care about sports and cards or like players that I just actually don't care about. Thinking that they would become valuable to me and stuff. Mm. And just like it's so useless. Like I hated looking at those deer and fox cards. I'm so glad to trade them away. Okay. Um, but I guess my dead wrong is like loading up on base, like I've joked about before. Yeah. Um, you know, I think 
the bow papers I was getting at about like 90, 100, and the bow chromes were like almost 200. Mm. And when I traded them at the Sport Card Expo, it was like valued like 25 and $30. So it's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was a little rough. I would say my biggest dead wrong, though, is uh, Nick Madrigal. I really thought that he was going to be a thing. Uh, so I bought an orange out of 25 Tops Chrome Rookie Auto. And I remember showing it to Hyung. And I was like, Hyung, look at this sick card I got. He's like, <laughs> he's like that, that's not it. That's- <laughs> I think that's not and- it as well. That's not it. <laughs> and then when I when I got the card like right after he got traded to the Cubs, and so I thought the I thought he would be a part of this monster White Sox lineup, and he wasn't. He hasn't done anything on the field. He hasn't done anything in the hobby. And what's even worse is when I sent it off to grading, and his card came back as a SGC nine. It's even less <laughs> valuable. Than, That's a kick in the nuts. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. I would say that kind of leads to the biggest dead wrong is buying raw on eBay and thinking that they'll jam because it's a risk. It's too hard to tell. Yeah. It's a big risk. Yeah. I mean, you could get lucky. You could get lucky for sure. Like I've, um, well, I've done it earlier when I got back into the hobby, you know, Uh, but now it's definitely riskier because, you know, with more people in the game, there's a reason why that raw is listed. You know, right. um, yeah. whereas yeah. before it's like, oh, I'm back in it. You know, I, I don't want to go through the, the hassle of grading. But um, yeah, you have more savvy sellers now out there. So you got to be aware. For sure. Yeah, that's true. You know, Nick Madrigal, to, you, to, you know, to your credit, though, like he was a <laughs> he was a top prospect, right? Like he had For some sure. hype built in. But yeah, you know, we, we said, it, I think like uh in one of our interviews with Scotty B cards, like prospecting is, is highly risky to begin with. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's all for the Nick magical pump and dump. So let's just keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> Magical's coming back boys. <laughs> he's, he's heating up. Uh, he's, uh, he's been working out. He's going to, but that's, that's power. honestly when, when will you came into the hobby, that's one of the reasons why I stayed, you know, with certain players, uh, you know, uh, because of the pricing, right? Like there's a reason why the Sotos and Tatis still, you know, at, at the end of the day, they hold a lot of value is there's, there's so much hype around them and there's so many, uh, th- it's not just about stats. I think t- a lot of, a lot of people equate stats to, well, this guy's better than this guy. How come prices aren't the same? Like it's, it's just the way people think as a whole community you have to you know see it in that in that view and you know when when people like tatis soto the guerreros or acunias um yeah their their prices they're they're gonna always have the hype as long as they're playing because most likely they're doing something ridiculous every day right so and they they become the face especially in a connected society like we're in today you know everything is you know digital every information is available for us so we see things instantly mm-hmm. right and i think that's the key to these prices whereas before you you wouldn't know you'd have to read the newspaper to see what bo jackson did last night right so yeah yeah for sure the thing about you know, like I remember just going back to magical one more time. You know, when you start collecting, like we talked about it before, I think where it's like home runs matter, you know, like people like the power. And I remember magical, like he had everything but power. Like he had super high average, yeah. good eye. Yeah. And those guys just don't translate into the hobby. I thought, I thought like a 333 batting average was like real sexy. But on the flip side, you look at guys like Pete Alonso, Aaron Judge, guys who absolutely mash that get no hobby love as well, right? So yeah. there's yeah. there's a certain type of mark marketability too, because if you think about it, Pete Alonso is absolutely crushing it this year too for the New York Mets. And same with Judge for the Yankees, the two top teams, you know, in the MLB. So it's like he gets no hobby love still. When is he gonna get that hobby love, right? So this year. I don't think this, this year, year you think. I think Aaron Judge is oh, there Aaron because Judge? 
Yeah, I think he's starting to see it because sure. yeah, like it's it's that period we say you know after that seven to nine year career, you know they start actually on on a Hall of Fame trajectory, right? And I think that's when people are like, okay, he's the real deal, and you know prices start rising then, right? Yeah, and Judge is like in his contract year too, so you know he'll be right. in the news like even after the the season's over with his probably his record-breaking contract you know we're see record-breaking contracts every year now uh, with big names the toronto blue jays oh man Uh, hey (laughs) i don't think that would ever happen you hear the rumor of soto coming to the jays come on oh i I prefer that i think i started that rumor that'd be amazing all right, I said I did have one more dead wrong, so we could end it off here. Uh, I thought this kid would be a stud in the NBA this past year, so I picked up a numbered to 199 Panini Select light blue prism of Zion Williamson, <laughs> and uh, who, who, as we know, played a total of zero games last year. Uh, I think I spent $700 for a raw card, so we're talking about buying raw. And um, I, too, got it graded by SGC, Will. It came back at 9.5, so not bad. But, not you know, bad. I was hoping for a 10, obviously. So an extra 40, 50 bucks there. So I'm in, I'm in 750. And uh, again, I sold it at the expo for about $500. So could have been That's worse. That's not too bad. Yeah, yeah could have yeah. been worse. Um, and hey, maybe Zion has a great comeback season next year. So the guy who bought it off me might uh, have made a the better move. But, you know, in this market, I'm just cutting my losses whenever I can to, like you said, young to reinvest in a more right. sure bet, in my opinion. Right. So like, right. Right. Yeah. Put that money into a bigger card and, you know, because all those bigger cards, as we also talked about in the last episode are those prices are deflated as well too. Right. So there's opportunities there. Absolutely. But yeah. Zion. Damn it. So. <laughs> <laughs> you live, you learn. All right. So there you have it. They can't all be winners, but, um, but uh, yeah, now that I'm a bit depressed, let's just end this show with our regular weekly segment we call Pick One. And this is where we each put up two cards or sets and we debate which one we'd rather invest in. Kyung, as usual, uh, do you want to lead off? I'll lead off. And for, for this one, I wanted to kind of see uh, where your guys' mindset is at in terms of value, right? Um and how uh, PSA still stands atop, you know, in the market. Mm-hmm. And do you do you keep chasing that, or do you fi- do you invest in value? And my two cards that I'm pairing, they're actually the same card, just different grades. Hmm. So 2011 Bowman Chrome Prospects Bryce Harper Auto PSA 10. So it was Bowman Chrome first uh, auto PSA 10 last sold for 2400 US versus a 2011 Bowman Chrome prospect Bryce Harper auto in BGS 95 true gem which uh, had a few sales between that 1200 to 1500 dollar marker right so almost like 50% uh, uh in terms of a true right. gem versus the PSA 10 which one are you guys taking well you want to start yeah like i because I'm a little later into the hobby, I guess, I don't really understand all the PSA hype. Like, as long as it's a reputable company, and I would say PSA, BGS, SGC, they're all, they're all like, have the same reputation. Like, I'm not comparing it with HGA or, or some other slabs. Mm-hmm. But, like, between those three, like, as long as it's gem mint, I'm happy to take whichever one's cheaper whichever one's the better deal i mean it's kind of what i did with the vladi kabooms i was so happy to get the bgs and the sgc for way cheaper than right. what the psas are going for yeah so you're going so BGS? I'll, I'll go with the bgs yeah yeah for sure i mean i don't understand the grading <laughs> the, the like but true jab. I don't think anybody plus under, plus I don't think anybody understands grading. Well, is it like no? But is it like like let's say you have like a a, a true like a gem nine five, but like you have one nine and one ten. Then do you? It's call not a it true like, gem. It's not a true oh, gem. Yeah, but do you call you call it like a nine five gem plus minus? I don't know. It's just, <laughs> there's too many things. Like, I don't get it. But but yeah, I'll pick the I'll pick the Bryce Tarper uh, BGS nine five. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, you know, like I am 
you probably can guess I'm going with the BGS 9510. And I don't know if it's because it's baseball, right? Like I like baseball cards, especially if it's Bowman Chrome. Um, you said Bowman Chrome, right? Yeah. Yeah, Bowman Chrome. Yeah, it has the auto. So yeah. So like, I guess when I got back into it, Bowman Chrome, like the BGS slabs were, yeah, were just as OG. good. Yeah, yeah. Right. So if not better than the PSA, which kind of took over in recent years. Right. Um, so I don't like, well, I don't totally understand the price discrepancy between a PSA 10 and a BGS 9.5. Right. And it looks the same to me. If you look at the card, you know, right. like in terms of condition and, um, yeah, it's like, unless it's, unless the discrepancy is close. Like, so this is two X in this case, but just say, right. um, it was, 2000 for a bgs 95 and right. 2400 for a psa 10 yeah i might splurge on the psa 10 because if he pops off the right now at least the psa 10 yeah, yeah right we'll get the a resale better. value yeah. yeah exactly right so if it's closer then i'll start to consider psa 10 not that i like psa 10 better but i can see right. that i can resell it uh if the player pops at a higher value um, makes sense just because that's the way the market is right now but if it's like 2x and i've seen some bgs 95s of certain cards uh be a third of the price of psa 10s you know what i mean Jeez, like that's, yeah that's, that's a buy ridiculous. yeah that's ridiculous yeah. so like yeah. um like uh, i think a steph curry you know the like the card i want is the steph curry bowman 48 rookie right. card so yeah, bgs yeah, yeah. 95 is going for about 25 3000 about 3000 probably Maybe more now because stuff is killing it in the NBA Finals. So um, it's three thousand, and then I think a PSA ten is like nine thousand. Wow, yeah, that's, that's crazy. crazy. So that's not, crazy. That's yeah, I can't afford a nine thousand dollar PSA ten um, yeah. stuff curry, but three thousand, you know, uh, if I sell some things, I, I would be happy with that card, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it, for you, it's like kind of like the ratio, the percentage of right. the value, right? Because that's where you're making money off of, anyways, right? That dif- that difference, exactly. essentially, right? No, it makes sense, and that I kind of paired these up to make a point, you know. Although, you know, I agree, I would I would probably buy the BGS auto, but that's the whole point. All three of us said BGS, no problem, I knew it. But when when we click it, it automatically clicks PSA ten. You know, it's one of those where we end up end up getting it because that's what dictates the value at the end of the day right yeah. so it's it's weird because we we say it but it's hard to do i find i i find like people still buy the psa 10s you know even though they see the value at bgs you know uh bgs 95s but yeah for me it's like uh i think eventually with with everything there's uh, inflated values and especially through like periods of like recessions, it's a big shaking off. So you're going to see a lot of corrections is what I'm saying. And that's where you see true value. So I think that's, that was my whole point of this post is, you know, there's superb value in the BGS nine five right now. Mm -hmm. And eventually it will correct itself, you know, both PSA 10 and BGS of the, of the true value. Right. So I think long-term too, you, I think BGS is a great move long-term. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Young. Like, I think because in general, in my opinion, the PSA 10 values are pumped way higher than like a BGS 9.5 is, you know, when with the height of the hobby. Um, so, like, I've already seen some PSA 10 cards just come crashing hard. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. like, um, so like, uh, remember last episode I talked about my trade for a. You know, I had a Lewis Robert PSA 10 Bowman Chrome Auto. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, you know, and I added the BGS 95 uh, Bichette Refractor um, mm-hmm. to get an Aaron Judge. Well, you were there when I made that trade. An Aaron Judge uh, Bowman Chrome Refractor, Refractor. BGS 95, you know, and, and I thought the value was there. Like, and the PSA 10 of the Lewis Robert was coming down hard too. Like, I right, think right. I got it at 1600 and um, it went as high as like almost 3000 actually. And then wow. um, with this uh, uh, bear market, the last one sold for fourteen hundred. So wow. like the volatility is huge. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. So definitely uh, find typically find more value at right now at least with BGS nine five cards. But right. good point. Good point that you made with this. So pick one. All right, Will, you're up. Just checking back to what, you, what we were just talking about, Clark. Did sure. we do well 
in those traits. Like we traded <laughs> one monster like to the to the same guy. Yeah. And like both of us left like, oh my God, we we're amazing. Like we're so good at trading. We're <laughs> the best. Like, yeah. <laughs> But, but that guy wasn't like a small fry. Like he was a big, yeah, big cards. Yeah, yeah, he had big cards. So I don't yeah. know. I guess time will tell how we do. I know. You know what? I liked your trade when you got the Acuna from the guy. Yeah, especially with all those like you know those lesser cards. You did really well. Yeah, he took he took four Tatis base cards, and I was just like, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like <laughs> the other thing is that you like. I guess you never know if he has a buyer in mind, so he could make that right. transaction easy, right? Yeah, maybe it's more liquid for him. Like he can sell yeah, more. Yeah, I think so. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so my pick one, um, I I had a really tough time thinking of pick ones. Um, oh, I gotta say, John's pick one from a couple weeks ago. If people haven't heard that episode, they have to go back to it. Which but one? The, uh, one where you can have one Luka Doncic. <laughs> Super <laughs> Fracture versus all the Prism Silver. I'm just like, I remember listening to that podcast in my car while I was driving. And I, like, I actually pulled over because I was laughing so hard. And I was like, it's like that. Would you like to fight one horse sized duck or like a million duck sized horses or whatever it is? And I was like, this makes no sense. And you guys were having so much fun. And then when Hyung came back the following week and you asked him, and Hyung was just like, you could tell he was just like, what are they talking about? <laughs> that was exactly going through my mind. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, we admitted it. Like when Hyung was off the show that one week, we went off the rails and we had like serious in-depth discussion and debate on this between John hilarious. and I. And then, you know, like Hyung comes back on next week and he says like, uh, yeah, he gives like a straight answer. And we're like, yeah, I guess, I guess he's right. <laughs> it's like, so but, I was uh, thinking, like, I was thinking maybe my pick one, I'll go something along that route. Like, something like, uh, pick one, you're only allowed to collect your favorite player, right. or you're not allowed to collect your favorite player, but you can collect every other card. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, pick some dumb. Uh, but, but yeah, I had a hard time, but this is my pick one. Uh, because I'm a big man, and when I did get to play basketball in high school in grade nine, I was the center of my team, even though I was like five foot seven at the time. Right. Uh, but it was a small school, so I, I'm a big man, and I love big men in the NBA. So I wanted to compare uh, Shaq versus Giannis. Shaq, the original Superman, and then he dubbed Giannis the new Superman. Mm. So uh, Shaq's rookie card, he has um, 90, 1992 Tops Gold Parallel PSA 10. It mm-hmm. sells for about $1,300 US. It has a pop of 664 versus uh, Giannis's 2013 Prism uh, base PSA 10, which sells for about 1000 US. And there's... 20 roughly 2800 which one would you rather invest in it's a good one go ahead clark (laughs) (laughs) no i like this one too uh i like both players a lot um but and you know like i'm on record for saying i want a Giannis card i think even now he's underrated you know um but and I wanted, when I got back into the hobby, I was looking at that Panini Prism base card that you're talking about, right? PSA 10. And mm-hmm. uh, at the time, it was 300. I'm like, man, wow. that's, a, that's a lot of money. Like I thought about it. <laughs> you know? so, so, but now like, you know, how things have changed, right? We talked about it off the top of the show, base cards, graded base cards. Like I've never won off a graded base card yet, right? So, um, and you know, I've never, the thing is, I never really believed in base cards. Like I didn't understand the appeal of it. But then when the hobby was hot, people were making money off base cards. I'm like, I gotta get in. I gotta get in and try <laughs> to do this myself. And now I've lost a lot of money doing it because of the stupid timing of PSA subs returning back to me. And uh, yeah, so so now you know that's my position. And I see this base card of Giannis Panini Prism. You know, it's nice, but and then you know, of course, you look at the silver. Like that's out of our price range. It's five figures, right? So. 
I'm, you know, I'd rather have another card, not a base card. Maybe like even an NBA hoops gold of Giannis, you know, PSA 10. Uh, something that differentiates from just a base card of that set. So, um, and then, you know, you look at Topps um, gold of Shaq. Like there's a Topps version, but I love, I love Topps gold. Like, you, you, you know, Derek Jeter's Topps gold. I love that card too. You know what I mean? Like I like that set and um, it's a lower pop count. Um Shaq's already like culturally relevant, you know, especially with his ESPN hot takes and, you know, uh, as an entrepreneur and, you know, Shaq is in the media all the time. So I love Shaq as a person player and um, in particular, this card tops gold. So for me, it's an easy decision. Tops gold Shaq. That's my vote. Nice. You know what? I, uh, I, uh, I agree with Clark. Um, I was thinking like the prism Giannis potentially could have just because we've seen that card and what what it was in, at the height of the peak. But I think, um, you know, with the population count so high, no, I wouldn't say so high, but like relatively to uh, the Shaq's gold, I think a lot more people on hold with with Shaq's uh, tops gold because as a like kind of like a PC or like long-term investment because Shaq's not even playing now so if you have that card you're not you're not planning to flip it whereas you know a lot more people in 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 the Giannis game will will flip that base prism right so I think um like especially now in terms of where we are with with the whole economy I, I would say uh the tops gold is is a pretty decent investment at 11 1200 bucks for you know one of the best uh big mans in the game right so to, to have ever played right so uh, i'm gonna go with the uh, tops gold as well and just on a side note we submitted a, a tops gold uh, shack in hopes that it would get a psa 10 which we got a psa 9 but then i realized there was a huge crease in, in the in a corner and then i was shocked that it even got a psa 9 shout out to psa for the consistency just wanted to say that <laughs> Had they get yep, that shot at? It wouldn't be an episode. Yeah, it wouldn't be an episode. <laughs> throwing a shot at you. Uh, that's funny. What are you doing, Will? One of the things that I hate the most is when the three of you all have a queen, clean sweep and you're like, yep, we all think the same way. So actually, I was thinking Shaq because of what you guys said, cultural relevance and just like, I love Shaq, like growing up watching him. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go contrarian. I'm going to go with Giannis just because okay. I think his play, he's still got so many more playing days and he's got so much more time to build up his stats and his stature as a player. And I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. When, when I see a pop count of 2,700, you guys are saying like it's a high pop count, but I'm coming from the world of like, 20,000 pop count of Boba Shad and 18,000 Acuna's and all that stuff. So when I see 2,700, I'm like, man, that's low pop. <laughs> it is relatively low pop, pop definitely, definitely for sure. base. Yeah, like base count. Like yeah. Luka, like, aren't like Lucas and Zion for sure? Like, yeah. 20K? Yeah. Anything, anything pre 2018 is going to be decent, decent in pop count, right? Anything post 2018, good luck. Like, you're, you're in. You're in the thousands, multi thousands. Yeah, so I think because you guys picked Shaq, I'm, I'm definitely going just going the, going the other, other way. way. You you definitely you definitely filled in for John I was perfectly. Say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's down, devil's advocate. Oh, does he? You guys, yeah. all, oh, yeah. I always feel like you guys are just like, yep, yeah, we all agree. No, you, Alex you, no, 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 no. Tra- card. <laughs> <laughs> you and John are twins, man. Okay. <laughs> But no, that reasoning does make sense to me, though. Yes, for sure. All right, uh, we'll end up with my pick one pair. And I chose these guys because, like, with the market being down, like, it's incredible how much it's fallen, right? Like, where their level is for these two, in my opinion, and I'm sure you guys will agree, uh, top rookie cards of the day uh, for baseball. So, yeah, um, the 2016 Bowman Chrome uh, autograph rookie card of Juan Soto, and uh, just one second, I'm looking up the price that I wrote down. I think uh, last sold for twenty seven fifty. Sorry, I see it now. Yeah, so last sold for twenty seven fifty, 
uh, versus same set, same year, 2016 Bowman Chrome of Fernando Tatis, rookie auto. Uh, both of these are BGS 9510s, and the Tatis last sold for 1850. So Tatis and Soto obvious obvious studs, but one's uh, still valued at 2750, and the Juan Soto cards dipped particularly hard uh, compared to even Tatis, um, whose uh, last sold card was at 1850. What are you going with? Ooh, I'm. I'll I'll start off. This is easy for me though. Uh, I'm a Tatis guy. Uh, I'm gonna go with 1850 just because the the pricing is is pretty low. It's 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 the cheapest I've seen it in a in a long very long time. So um, yeah, I think I think you're gonna see more retraction potentially on Soto Soto's card, but. I could even see uh, Tatis's cards going up at at a point just because he's fresh. Baseball's been kind of like sitting sideways, and the hype of him coming back, and if he ends up, you know, you know, having his his the way he plays, um, you know, hopefully, and that's what a lot of Tatis fans are hoping for as well. Uh, I think there's uh, potential, and even in that card in the short term as well. So. Uh, but yeah, I mean, for me, it's, it's based on price point where it's at. If, if you're talking, you know, same price, it might be a different story, but, um, with, with it being almost half its price, I'm going to go with, uh, the Tatis. Okay. Cool. For, for me, like I love Soto as a player. I like Soto as a player more than I like Tatis as a player. But I think Tatis being on the Padres and the Padres having relevance, mm. and, you know, they're going to be in the playoffs year after year or like close to the playoffs. Whereas, like, I don't know what the Nationals are going to do. Like, Soto's just wasted there. He's going to be wasted there until he signs with the Toronto Blue Jays. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. Um, but the for me, and like Tatis, like, he, like, when he comes back, like Young says, he he can just do so much in a little amount of time, just like he did last year. The injuries kind of worry me because he's just always getting injured. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for me, the key factor is that the Tatis the Tatis card is that him in his uh, White Sox jersey? Yeah, and his White Sox. Yeah, yeah. So I I hate I hate the White Sox jersey <laughs> Tatis. Like for me, I appeal means so much. Yeah, but. The one card I hate more than Tatis in a White Sox jersey is this like scrawny pencil <laughs> neck Soto. <laughs> like it honestly looks like a little league. Both, Both of them, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, like no, like Soto looks like he's like eight years old. Like, yeah, I he just, does. It he bothers does. me so much. I hate the look of that card. Yeah. And then there's only one card I hate more, and that's the Bobby Witt card, and I've talked about that one. Which one's that? that, The the, the first crumb? Yeah, yeah. His his thrown one? It's like Photoshop. Like, his face looks like it's like a mask, (laughs) like a poor, like like a cheap plastic mask. Like, I don't understand what's going on with that card. But anyway, I pick uh, pick the Tatis. Oh, man. We should... uh, Clean, sweet, clean, sweet. We should have a segment where Will just talks about all the cards he hates for whatever reason. (laughs) Most of the time, it's just I appeal. I appeal big. big. Yeah, for sure. You know what? I don't disagree with your assessment of the visual appeal of both those cards, both Tatis and Soto. But I am going with Soto. It's not a clean sweep because... I think uh, it's what you said at first, Will. Like, I'm just more invested or more convicted of um, Soto as a player, as like a Hall of Famer, than I am with Tatis. Tatis is more exciting, but Soto, you know, he is batting like 230 now. But you know, as always, you're gonna see July, August, September. He's gonna start batting yeah. 350 the rest of the year. You know, and yeah, yeah. And people are gonna remember again. Like everyone forgets at the beginning of the season, though, but people are gonna remember at the end how just how good he is and uh you know we saw the nationals be crappy last year and he was in the mvp discussion because of what he's you know doing on a crappy team so so some players like soto i believe are you know crappy team proof if that's a term you know like you can play for a crappy team but he'll get his you know he'll get his accolades and recognition 
and you know he's going to sign a contract i don't know where even if it's with the nationals i'm sure if he does the that team i hopefully will uh build around him quickly and um you know he's already won right a championship and uh so he's already have he already has a record there and um yeah just soto super bullish on like you know there's not a lot of players that i'm like oh he's gonna he's gonna be fine for the rest of his career even at this young age and Soto's that guy for me so you know looking at his price now like under 3k when it used to be six seven k for that same card that's that's yeah hard to pass up so i have a few on the watch list right now we'll see if i pull the trigger um nice i, I you know the all that being said i feel like with the market things are still going to go down a little bit more like i don't think right. we hit the bottom to tell you the truth yeah so p- be patient and uh, we'll see where it goes all right that does it for this episode will Thanks for filling in for Johnny. I'm sure it won't be the last time. Yeah, I'm sure it won't be the last time. We'll definitely have you back. And thanks, of course, to all our listeners and subscribers. We appreciate all of you. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you gave us five stars. And uh, yeah, follow us on Instagram as well. We're there at Cards to the Moon, all one word, for more podcast content like polls of our pick ones where you can vote for which which ones you would rather invest in. All right, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week. Hey, thanks for listening to Cards to the Moon. We'd really appreciate you subscribing to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can also connect with each of us on Instagram at 5cardguys, or you can follow Hyung at Integrity Sports Cards, or John at Trade You at Recess. You can also check us out at 5cardguys.com. Thanks again, and hope to connect soon.